headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work they love, and create actual healthy relationships. I am Ramsey personality Rachel Cruz, hosting this hour with Ramsey personality Dr. John Deloney. And it is a free call anywhere in America to talk about, again, your life and your money at 888-825-5225. So give us a call. All right, to start us off this hour, we have Joshua in Baltimore. Hey, Joshua, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, I'm a huge fan. Um, my my question is, though, I'm 25 years old. I just graduated college um, from the illustrious Morgan State, and I have about 17K saved up, but I, I, got, a, I got myself into a car loan. I didn't need one, but I just needed a car at the time. It's about twenty eight thousand, and my student loan just started, so that's about twenty eight thousand. So my question is, which one should I pay down first? I'm trying to follow the debt snowball mm-hmm. um, thing that you guys talk about. Yeah. So should I, should I pay should I pay down the student loan first or the car first? Because I was thinking about getting a, a second job. Um, yeah, good to, for you, Joshua. How did you save up seventeen thousand dollars as a recent college grad? So I'm I'm an engineer. Uh, I I had a I had a job with the with the construction company before I graduated. So since student loan was on the freeze, I was just saving up my money as much as I can. I normally save up about close to two k every month, and I just kept on saving from there from November all the way through April good before they released me. So, but I have I have a good amount saved up. I didn't really need to get the car, but I was like at the time I just got in an accident, so I really needed needed the car at the time. So I was thinking if I should maybe just sell a car to take it to auction, but I wanted to know, mm-hmm. Shy. Yeah, how much is that? How much is that car worth? It's worth twenty six thousand. Oh yeah. I would sell it today. Gosh, how much do I think I would sell it? I'd sell it right now. And if even if you have to take a thousand or two thousand dollars to close it out, I would do that. And dude, you cut your debt load in half. And I'd probably okay. take ten thousand of that seventeen grand and go buy a car and take the rest of it and start paying those student loans off. Okay, that's okay. So, I mean, so if you have it's twenty six, you'll pull two thousand out of your seventeen thousand, so you'll have fifteen thousand left. Yeah, yeah, go take eight, nine, ten thousand. Um, as cheap, I, honestly, Joshua. At this point, I'm like, I would just get as cheap of a car as possible. I mean, that's going to run and that's you know reliable and all of that. Um, and then yeah, throw the rest at your debt because you could, depending on the car you buy, I mean, within thirty days, you could have just twenty k left of of student loans to pay. And with the rate that you save, I mean, you'll be able to to knock that out. Are you are you in a different job though? Is that what you said? Yeah, I am because um, they they released us in April. So okay, I work for new. I'm a, I'm a field engineer. I work for a new company. Okay, and um, how much do you make a year? Eighty one. Oh, good for you. And is that is that less than what you're making at your other job or more? No, it's it's one k more than how I was making my other job. I started okay. my first one was like eighty. This one was eighty one, which isn't bad. So it's an improvement. Yeah. Hey, and Joshua, I want you to like be ready for this. They're going to clown on you when you come rolling up in a $4,500 car. (laughs) They will clown on you. They will say, hey, we know what we're paying you. What are you doing? And you can just smile real big and say, I'm solving for freedom, guys. (laughs) I ain't nobody going to own me. I'm out. I'm out. I'm off. I took the red pill and the green pill. I'm out of the (laughs) matrix. I'm done. And, uh, okay. I, I, dude, cause I've done it, man. I rolled up to my job as a Dean of students at a law school in a $3,500 truck. And man, we had some good hearty laughs out in the parking lot with some of my colleagues. And, gotcha. um, 
man, sure was cool never making a, a car payment or mm-hmm. a truck payment. I just got out. Yeah, because my, my car payment, John, is like 486 a month. But I normally pay 600 to pay down faster. Yeah. But I, I got tired of making the payments. So I just wanted to know like which one would be more, much smarter. But I'm definitely going to take take you and Rachel's advice as far as like sell that yeah, car. Yeah, I would. Sell the car. And, yeah, and again, Joshua, definitely. I'm like, when you're looking at, you know, kind of the math we just ran that we're like, yeah, if you yeah. go and you take, you know, two grand out of your 17 to pay the difference if you need to, you got $15,000 left. And I'm like, in a dream yeah. world, I'm like, what if you, yeah, what if you found a $5,000 car? Again, it's not, it's not, it's not a great, beautiful car, but it's something. Yeah. And then yeah, you sure. take, the, and you take the rest of that 10 grand, you're going to have $18,000 left and your student mm-hmm. loans. And I'm like, you, and if you said you were willing to work an extra job. You're six months, dude. Yeah, I mean, that's five months, Joshua. And you could be completely debt-free out of this all this mess. And then when you stay with that intensity, you'll be able to save up a lot of cash, sell the crappy car, the $5,000 car, step up to a $10,000 car. And then you're just moving right along and continuing to save for an emergency fund. Like, and you then can, like in 10 years, I'm calling you and asking you for a job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you, like this is how, I mean, this is a 24, 36 month turnaround but this is how family legacies are changed absolutely well done joshua we're excited for you awesome man and that's what's that's the stuff that is so exciting when you look at the specific numbers in a situation like joshua's and you actually put it down you do a plan his whole world could be different in 10 months yes like it's not that long i mean like you could really say oh my gosh you know by next by summer completely debt-free money in the bank a paid-for car and you're just trucking right along versus stretching everything out, spending everything, not having saving. Right, Putting like, extra over here, extra over here, something yeah. breaks. You got to get a credit card for that. Yeah. Yes, I mean, and hey, all of it. Don't underestimate. Like Rachel, we were just talking about like, it's just 10 months, it can be all be different. And almost every day of that 10 months is going to be miserable. It'll be hard. Your friends are going to laugh at you. Your, that car is not going to get the gas mileage you want. It's going to smell funny. You're going to be sending all this money to your student loans. It's not going to be a pleasant ride. So trust people that you hear on the debt-free screams. Trust the millions of people who go through this program on the back end, that freedom, the whole, the lights come on in their home that they didn't even know were off, man. And so it's worth that grind to get to the other side. Yep. I've Which, never had somebody, you may have, I've never had somebody go be debt-free and say, I wish I hadn't done that. I've never right. heard that ever. I know. I've said often, I wish I hadn't eaten that second cheeseburger or I wish I hadn't of whatever. <laughs> never heard somebody say, Ah, I wish I hadn't paid that debt. Well, that's what I always tell people. I'm like, listen, if you hate it, if you hate being debt free, you can always get back in. Go borrow like, whatever. If, you want. If that's yeah, what you choose, yeah. and that's the life you want. You can always do it. But there's something about living in this mentality when you don't owe someone anything, nothing, and the autonomy, Joshua. And at your age, like you just graduated, you're an engineer. You're such a sharp guy. In this situation, I'm like, it's just a few of those decisions, painful, hard decisions sometimes when you're in the midst of it. But it's just saying, hey, this, this, and this for a period of time. And then you look up and, you know, not not even 10 months. And then fast forward two years, three years. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, it's just a completely different world versus staying in the same monotonous habit that you're just in. And that's the problem, John, I think, is that people, they're comfortable where they are. And it kind of is working. I mean, you know what I mean? Like his situation, he, this is a great example. I'm like, yeah, $28,000 car loan, $20,000 in student loan debt. I mean, we could kind of just truck along, pay, you know, an extra thousand Here a month, there. you know, and you're in it for, for three, four years. And oh, it's man, just, I need new tires. We can just finance those. Yeah, right, I'll you just kind of like fine. go along and then you look up, it's been five years and you're like, 
we've made I've made no progress. Like and I dug my hole deeper, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So the habits, you guys, if you're not happy with the situation you're in financially, that means the way you're handling money, the way you're viewing it, it has to change. And change is uncomfortable, but change is necessary to get a different result. This is the Ramsey Show. Our question of the day comes from Neighborly. It's brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Neighborly is the place to find reliable help for your home from the most trusted locally owned businesses like Glass Doctor, Provision Garage Door Service, and Mr. Handyman. Visit Neighborly.com to find home experts available to you. And we wanted to um, just pause for a second and just say to the Neighborly families or family of franchises and to the Bidwell family in particular that our hearts and our prayers uh, go out to you guys. Uh, Mike Bidwell was a really strong leader and he's going to be missed and we are really so, so incredibly sorry. Um, Mike was the CEO of Neighborly. He, he yeah. was, yep. Yeah. And he passed away suddenly and we, um, this company and him and his family and everything that they've they've done uh, is just absolutely incredible and um it was just a really shocking, really sad, um, sad day for them. So we're thinking about you guys. Yeah, our broken hearts are with you. Today's question comes from Deb in Texas. Deb writes, I've always tried to be organized with my finances. My husband, on the other hand, never had any control on spending. We've been married for 16 years, and I just discovered he had a Best Buy credit card balance of $10,000. Oh wow. The same card he hid from me two years ago. After arguing every day, he finally sat down and talked about the problem. We started the Baby Steps in March and did Financial Peace University with Jade. I was so happy because I started to see a change. He even cut his credit cards in one of the classes. Mm. I recently told him that I needed to add his other bank account to every dollar budget to keep track. And what came out of his mouth was, you have the other bank information. You, you want to have control over this one too? Once again, I feel hopeless and tired. I know that our money problems and the lack of communication will eventually kill our marriage. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's not what's going to kill your marriage. What's going to kill your marriage is you have a husband who lies to you regularly. What's going to kill your marriage is y'all have not sat down in a room with the marriage counselor and said, the marriage we had where we trusted each other, where you weren't trying to be in control of everything and y'all were partners in this thing, and he was honest and was a partner in this thing as well. That we, that's over and we have to rebuild it. Y'all haven't done that. And so what you're doing is blaming money. What you're doing is blaming the lack of communication. Those are symptoms mm. of two people not on the same page. And so, um, Rachel, this marriage is in crisis. And this is a turn all the lights on, turn the music off. We're going to counseling right now yep. because we have to decide if we want to stay married or not. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things that, you know, when you fix just the symptom and you don't fix what's really going on, it's going to bubble up, right? Yeah. So like, and that's what's happening. It's like, okay, well, we fixed that. He cut up the credit card, which is great. But understanding, we talk about this a lot on the show, is that, yeah, your money problems aren't usually money problems. It's usually marriage problems. And so the fact either couples are like, yep, you're right. We're going to sign page, cut the credit card, and we're in this together, right? So this story could have been, oh yeah, we need the other account for every dollar. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, here it is. And you keep trucking, right? There's a There's a level of healing in just the sense of, we're on the we're in this together and you are but when statements like this arise and you can start to see oh my gosh he doesn't he doesn't trust me he doesn't want me to see something 
then you know underneath all of that, it hasn't been fixed. And it may not even be that he's doing something nefarious. It may mean maybe you are overbearing. Maybe you are in his business about every second of everything. And maybe he is being dishonest because he feels genuine. Like who knows what the issue is? Right. Um, more than likely, he's hiding things and lying to you, right? Um, but whatever it is, you have to get to the bottom of that. Um, and what does that sound like in real life? Let's just get brass tacks. That sounds like I will not be married to somebody who continues to lie to my mm-hmm. face and put my family's financial future at risk, period. I will not be married to somebody who hides money from me and from our kids and who will not be in alignment with me, right? That, I mean, that's what we're yeah. talking about here. Yeah, And um, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think that fidelity, we talk about that cheating, if you will. We only talk about that in a, did you hook up with somebody you're not married to context? Yep. I think you can cheat on your spouse with your hobbies. You can cheat on your spouse by working 100 hours a week, 160 hours a week. You can cheat with alcohol. You can be a person who is not does not have fidelity not. in a relationship mm-hmm. a, with a bunch of different things. Yes, yes. And financial infidelity is one of those things. Yep, absolutely. And sadly, it's one that we see, I mean, not crazy often, but enough to know, okay, there's stuff that 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 is broken here. And marriage is hard, right? I mean, stuff- So hard. Always, it's, it's so stuff hard. that you're working on. But I think the the point of bringing in a third party, even at this point, um, for, for Deb is- what I what I would encourage because obviously you guys are trying to do this on your own, which is, you know, honorable, but also to be able to get to the root issue, I think having somebody to walk you through that, ask the right questions, pinpoint the right stuff, um, is really crucial. I think it's part of the healing. Here's a good analogy: if you've been fixing your roof for 16 years and it still leaks every time yes. it rains, call a roofer. Yeah. You aren't getting the job done. Yep. For whatever reason, you don't have the skills, you don't have the expertise, whatever you are not able to solve this problem, get a roofer. You've been working on your marriage for 16 years. You've tried programs. You've tried shame. You've tried yelling. You've tried uh, arguments every day. You've tried all these things. You've tried hiding money from each other. It's not working. Yep. Get a professional. So good. All right, up next, we have Sarah in Los Angeles. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi. Hello, thanks for calling. How can we help? Um, long-time listener, so happy to find you oh. online. Um, I have a question. So I um, feel very blessed. We, we have, we're in a good place in our lives with money. Um, however, we have a rental property that um, we've owned for a while, my husband and I and our family. And uh, a couple of years ago, we had an opportunity to buy a house and remodel it in the area that we wanted. And so that's, we did that and we're living in that house now. And we decided to keep our old primary residence and make that into a rental and then not sell it right away, just say, see, you know, hold on to it, see where we are in two years. And so here we are. And um, talking about anxiety, sometimes uh, it does cause a little bit of anxiety because I want to be debt free. But um, so we, we, I just need to figure out if it's worth me paying off that house or just selling yeah. it. Um, Sarah, how much is, how much is the house worth? That house is worth probably a million dollars. Okay, and how? Uh, what do you owe on it? Three forty-five. Okay, and what other debt do you guys have? That is the only debt we have. Just the rental property. Other You're, than our prime. Other what, than our primary. Okay, what's your primary? Which we yeah. Own. What what uh, what mortgage do you have on that? How much do you owe on it? Six hundred. Okay. How much do you guys make a year? Between the two of us, we make about two fifty. 
Okay. Yeah, so no, a lot of yeah, no, one, no wonder you're anxious. Your body's trying to get your attention and let you know if one of y'all says the wrong thing at work and gets fired, you lose both houses. You lose yeah. everything. Yeah, no. Your body would be yeah. failing you if it let you sleep through the night with $800,000 of mortgage debt spread across two properties. Like it would be failing you if it let you sit I mean, present. Close to, close to a million. I mean, yeah, 600, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be so, failing you. you. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah, no. I, I, Your body's doing exactly yeah, so what Sarah, it's designed I mean, to do. It's awesome. head, so tell me this. Tell me this. Yeah, tell me this, Sarah. What if you, what if you sold it? And you clear about six hundred on the rental, pay off your primary mortgage, and you have no no debt. No, but, I I totally every day. That's what I want. So what keeps you? What keeps you to have the emotional, rental? Emotional, the emotional attachment to oh, okay to the house itself. To, not emotional in the sense that we have a son, and California real estate is very expensive, and we have other family whose kids are moving away for that reason. Mm-hmm. And we have an opportunity to hold on to this house to either help him buy up into a new house to stay close to where we are. Um, I mean, we have a very low interest rate. Luckily, we when we got it, refinanced it, it was like a 3%. It's low property rate because it's been in the family. Yeah, I, you are, you are suffocating you. yourself to, to prop up some fantasy that may or may not happen in 10 years. Sell the house. I promise he wants a mom who's got peace in her heart and in her home more than he's going to want to buy some house in seven to ten years. Yep. And if the income was a different story, Sarah, we could have a different discussion. But you guys make two fifty, and you have so much, so much mortgage debt. I would, I would get rid of it, pay off your primary mortgage, and live a peaceful life. This is the Ramsey Show. I want to tell you a true story. I got a letter from Fran in Virginia once. She and her husband, Gary, were loaded down with debt. They decided to get serious and worked for over two years to pay off $65,000. They were able to buy their dream home. Gary had just started a new job and things were looking really good. Six months later, Gary unexpectedly died. Wow tears my heart out. Besides the grief and shock, Fran had no income, was on her own, and her social security benefits couldn't pay the mortgage. Talk about feeling lost and alone. The only good part of this story is that Gary had term life insurance through Xander, so Fran was able to deal with her grief without being overwhelmed with money issues. Sad story, but I share it with you to make a point. For over 25 years, I've been telling you about the importance of term life insurance and protecting your family. Having life insurance is what responsible people do for their families. It's why I tell you every day to go to Xander.com or call them at 800-356-4282. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Rachel Cruz hosting this hour with Dr. John Deloney, and it's a free call anywhere in the country at 888-825-5225. All right. Up next, we have Lindsay in Chicago. Hey, Lindsay, welcome to the show. Hi there. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. How can we help? How can I help my 82-year-old father, who is first generation here in the United States from Poland, change change their mindset about money? He won't spend it. Wow. I think you should solve world hunger and the climate crisis first, and then you'll be prepared to do this. Do this right. one. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. Okay, so his problem is not that he doesn't have money; it's to spend it. 
Yeah, uh, we lost my mom back in mm-hmm. 2019, and he, she, was, she was the money person. He was not. He was the worker, and uh, yeah, I had to uh, uh, beg him to get the daily newspaper because he loves it. But he didn't want to pay for it. He didn't want to pay. Okay. For it. Yeah. Okay. So, well, can we say this real quick, Lindsay? Let's just say, oh, this is this is a good problem. Yeah. Usually to have. it's the opposite. Usually it's the opposite, <laughs> and they're like, my parents have to come and you know live with us because they're broke. So, so right. we're on a we're I would say on the on the I don't want to say better or worse side, but we're probably on the you better have to side. Pick a side to be on. Yeah, yeah, I would pick your side, yes. Lindsay. Just say, just know that. Just know that. So yes, I, I'm I, very grateful. I remember <laughs> being a young kid, and I went into my granddad's garage. And he had coffee cans in there. And in one coffee can were nails that he straightened. And another coffee can was just string that he picked up when he would go for his morning walks. And I remember asking my dad, why does he have cans of straightened nails and string? And he said, your granddad fought Nazis. Your granddad knows what it's like to be somewhere and they're coming for you. Your granddad went through the Great Depression. Your granddad right. understands. And so that, that stuff understands gets, suffering at a level that there is we, no yeah, stores to yeah. buy nails at. There's no metal left to buy nails, right? And so that stuff wow. is not just a decision at some point. That stuff gets wired into your nervous system when you're a kid. And so I'm thinking about your dad being born, what, in the 40s and 50s in Poland? Well, he's first generation born here okay, in 41. Okay. With, but yes, uh, you're, same thing. Yep. Okay, with parents that got out? Right. Yeah. So he's wired into his his mm-hmm. little one and two and three and four and five-year-old nervous system. This is how you live because it can go bad at any sec, right? And so now he's 81 yep. in the most prosperous time in human history. And his daughter's like, Dad, will you buy a Coke, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> what what do you want him to spend money on? Uh, vacations, or if I can find an example like the newspaper that he loves so much, maybe magazines or crossword puzzles, or you know something to keep his brain active. What is he? Uh, what's he? What, what? How much money does he have? Um. Okay. Uh, you may not even know one one sixty. I'm the person okay. one sixty in cash. And um, thirty in a four hundred one k. Okay, so he and doesn't then, have a lot, right? No, but four hundred in a paid off house. Uh, yeah, so it's so his I house mean, is paid off. He doesn't have many expenses. Right, he's got no debt. He's got very yeah. little expenses. Uh, electric, and that's it. The property taxes are reasonable. And what's he living it's, off of? This one sixty is he dip- security okay. only. Yeah. Well, and so to be stark. Mm-hmm. He is one heart episode away. He can burn through 160 plus 30 in an afternoon in an ER. Okay. And so his 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 tentativeness is too far. Like buy a newspaper for crying out loud. Right. And also, right. we he, don't need to go take a twenty thousand dollar vacation. Yeah, yeah. He's. I mean, he doesn't have. It's not like he. I thought you were going to tell me he had a million dollars, and and I would say, yeah, he needs to go on a vacation. It might be that you're struggling with, your dad has worked really hard his whole life. Yeah. And you want him to have some peace mm-hmm. and some smiles. And sure. it might be you putting together a cool, non-expensive thing. Because my guess is the thing that would bring him the most joy at this stage in life is seeing his baby girl smile from ear to ear. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a single mom, so I have a six-year-old. So does he love uh, that six-year-old? Yes. Oh, yes. So what oh, if you said? Yes. What if instead of trying to make him spend money that he's uncomfortable spending? What if you sat down and said, "Hey, my six-year-old loves spending time with you. Can we make that a regular monthly thing that you can both look forward to?" Oh, that! I mean, you're talking about magic. We go for a walk at a golf course and and steal golf balls. Would you go to the zoo? Like, just make up crap that a six-year-old's going to like, that that six-year-old's going to tell at his funeral when he's 26 and your dad passes away. Wow, right? Does that make sense? It sure does. That's it's deep and profound, and I love it. But, and cause, cause listen, and I, but I want everyone listening. You didn't want him to spend money. You want to see your dad happy, and for you, right. happiness is mm-hmm. with a really nice vacation. For your dad, happiness is going to be. My parents survived hell and got us over here, and I've scratched mm-hmm. and clawed and scratched and clawed to get to this moment. The right. thing that brings me the most joy is my baby girl being happy and my grandbaby being real, real happy. Right. Okay. Yeah. And if we put it on the schedule, then everybody knows it's here and everybody's looking forward to it. That's mm-hmm. a great, great idea. Yeah. And even if it's walking in the forest, picking up string. <laughs> and, and yeah, tell your six-year-old, hey, y'all have to get 15 mushrooms and 15 rocks before you come back in the house. All right. Let's do it. Oh, that's great. Whatever, whatever it is. It can be bananas. But it's about their time together, which will be fun. Right, right. That's excellent. Hey, he Thank won you. the freaking lottery when he got you as his daughter, by the way. Oh, my gosh. You are so nice. I'm, no, I'm not, actually. I'm kind of a jerk, but I tell the truth. And he <laughs> did really he did really good by you. That's awesome. Oh, oh so great, you. Lindsay. I'm so glad you called because I think that that's like a, that's a great example of a, you know, you're looking at a situation thinking money's, money's the avenue. It's it's a tool, sure, in life to create things and create memories and experiences and all of it. But really, though, what people are searching for is peace, searching for joy, searching for happiness, connection, relationship, all of that. And so, Lindsay, I'm so glad that you called in because I think that's just a it's a it's a good wake up call and example of what people are longing for truly in life. Well, and a few years ago, so this is our story in our house. A few years ago, we got on a real big kick to pay some stuff off. We're going to be uh, not gazelle intense. We were rocket ship intense, kind of insane. Yeah. But we had to get away. We have little kids. And so we jokingly went to a KOA and we invited a couple friend of ours and their mm-hmm. kids. It was so fun. Just so and great. now it's become an annual state park adventure. We go to yeah. state parks all over, but, but we realized the time together and the convenience and the silliness, whether we're overseas or whether we're right here for yeah. that particular vacation. Now sure. I'm all about going overseas and doing that wild stuff. But for the purpose of this vacation, it's been magic. And if we hadn't have done it at the beginning, we would have thought the only way to vacation, the only way to peace is this $20,000 vacation. Totally. Man, for $400, for 300 bucks, you can have a wild fun right. time with your kids. good time. And another part of her call, John, was about how do I change my dad's mindset? You don't. <laughs> you don't, yeah. You don't. But that part, you know, a lot of people, again, they may not be in Lindsay's situation, We're like, I just want my parents to enjoy life more and spend... But it's the opposite. It's like, how do I control my parents? How do I tell my parents to handle their money better? How do I get them to do X, Y, and Z? Maybe not even in the money space, but you're thinking about that. But yeah, so talk about that for a second on, you can't, you you can't. You can't, you, you can't. can't change your parents' mindset. Here's what many, 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 many parents long for. They long to matter to their kids. A great gift you can give your dad, well, he, you know, I'm, and I'm just making this up, right? Yeah. 
Hey, Dad, we're thinking about getting a new car. Should we get a Chevy Silverado, a Ford F-150, or the Tundra? I'll I'll check into it for you, (laughs) right? And, hey, Dad, can you help me hang these things when you're in town? There's something about, hey, Dad, you experienced this when you were a kid. There's something, hey, Mom, can you help me think through? Mm -hmm. Give your parents a purpose. And that's the path. If there's going to be one to to mind shift change, it's to them helping you out. Yep, so good. So, so good. Well, again, free call anywhere in the country at 888-825-5225. We'll be back. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. Up next, we have Cody in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Hey, Cody, welcome to the show. Hey, Rachel. Hey, John. It's good to hear from you guys. I I must admit it's a great birthday gift to be able to talk to you guys. I'm pretty excited. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Cody. How old are you, man? Birthday's not till tomorrow, but yeah, it's exciting for me. I've been listening. I'm a new listener, but I do enjoy listening to you guys. Uh, 29 tomorrow. Nice. Hey, hey, you're going to be 29 for the next 30 years of your life. Congratulations. That's awesome. That's what my mom keeps saying. She's been 29 for about 30 years or something like that. Yeah, she loves being 29. It's great. (laughs) So uh, what's up, dude? I've got a bit of a two-part question for you guys, if that's okay. It's one question, but I I don't even know really how to ask it in one thing. So I I bought a... um, started a job in insurance in uh, 2019. We moved out to Pennsylvania. My wife's family lives here and we lived with her parents for a little while. And and we had a brand new baby at the time and that was absolutely toxic and I had to get out of it. Mm. So uh, we were, we wanted to buy as well because we'd been renting for so long. And at the time, like we'll be close to family. So we wanted to buy anyway, just to be in the state and grow my business. But we bought a house that's more of like your, your first home buy. It checked all the boxes we needed, but as as the last three years have gone on, we are, we don't really love the house. We're realizing we like more space. We kind of think that we want to move, but the reason I have this question every time I listen to the show is because when I bought the house, I didn't have two years of consecutive work history because I'm self-employed. So my dad offered to put his name on the house. I know how the oh, Ramsey family no. feels about I know, I know, I know. Don't hurt me. But I didn't. So I, I've only been listening to you guys for a little bit. But I know and I listen. And I, I, I would never do it now, nor would I ever, ever ask him to do it again. And I've already apologized to him for doing it. And mm. he makes buckets of money out in California doing what he's doing anyway. But it, it's not a problem for him. And he's never paid a single dollar at all yeah. from our house, a down payment, anything. His name just had to be on the thing in order for us to get it. Sure. So the idea was to get the house after I worked for two years, refinance it. But we're sitting here now, three years later, and interest rates have more than tripled. So I, I'm like, is it, it sounds so dumb to refinance it. I, I, I'm, I'm a little torn because I want his name off of it. Even though he doesn't need his name off of it, it's not hurting him. Right. The bills have never gone unpaid. We do our job, but I just I, my three options that I kind of come to are, are refinance or stack the deck until we're ready to get the new house, which takes some time, obviously, or just pay it off uh, in the next three, three and a half to four years because my income goes up quite a bit each each year. Sure. Um, so okay. I'm, so I'm not. I'm just not even sure what to do. But I just I'm yeah. like, is it wrong to hang him on the lawn or what? But. How much? Know. How much are you? How much do you owe on the house? Uh, about one eighty, eighty five, one eighty five. Okay, and how much you make a and year? 
Uh, well, see, that's the thing. So my my income has doubled over the last two years, and okay. I get about a forty thousand dollar increase each year. Um, but I, as, I would as of hold right on. Now, I, I would say you have the last few years, and you hope to get it in the future. Yes. Be yes, very careful would, about making you guys with. Yeah, don't make financial decisions based on this. Yeah, I'm, in fourteen years, I'm going to be making. You're right. Be careful about that. Right. Right, and that's why I don't want to. I don't want to go into like a really expensive house or anything. We also we're we're minimal people. We don't need a lot to be happy. But our our income now, I'd, I'd say by the end of this year, we'll probably clock in just under. I'd say probably somewhere around ninety, um, and then yeah, because okay. the majority of, of everything that I make, I get a, a giant bonus in January, depending on how annual enrollment period goes for Medicare, because I do I do mostly Medicare. Okay. So I get a huge influx in the beginning of the year, and then I get like a monthly payment through the rest of the year. So I have to yeah. spread it out. I'm good at saving because I have to spread myself out in order to live. So sure, sure. After that point, really uh, do you guys have any other but debt, Cody? Uh, no other debt. Well, all right, that's a lie. Um, I, we have a car that's going to be completely paid off in January. Well, in December, it's going to be paid off. Okay. Completely. So other than that, we just have a house. Okay. And you said, I've done the math. I cut you off, but... Uh, I, well, after I've done the math, and I know John just corrected me not to do that, but I've done the math in a conservative manner as though I'm going to be increasing my income only half of what I've been increasing it in the last three years mm-hmm. uh, at about a $20,000 increase because I just I like to do my numbers extremely conservatively. Sure. And it, it should only take us about three to four years to, yeah. to pay off the house. I know, I Cody, yeah. I my numbers. I mean, honestly, we... But yeah. I don't know what to do. If I get his name off of it or, or if there's a way to do that without refinancing, it just seems so dumb to refinance with such high interest rates right now. Right. No, I hear you. Yeah, and I think if you talk to your mortgage broker, I mean, maybe there's a way around it. You know, there's sometimes they have different stuff, but I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's going to be a yeah. situation for you. But I mean, oh, there's, there's part of me, Cody, and I'm going to just say it, that I'm like, listen... You guys, you're not going to have this house for 15 years. You guys have an aggressive no, plan. Don't want the house. Yeah, you, you have we're an aggressive like, plan to pay it off. Um, you sound, as you're talking to us, like you're on track. It, it, there's not been a situation so far with your dad and yeah. all of that. Go ahead, go ahead, because I got I'm, I'm kind of burning here. Go ahead. Go. Well, well, I, I was gonna say. I mean, like, I want to hear. I want to hear the fire. Throw me down. <laughs> no, it. we're gonna throw you down. No, I no, mean, no, no. I would. Look, I would run the math and just see. Okay, yeah. how how much extra? Yeah, because if your if your interest rate is gonna be you know seven percent versus two percent or whatever five percent, what? How much extra is that? How much longer would that take you? And you guys need to really right. run these numbers out. And you and your wife need to sit down and ask. Okay, is the extra tens of thousands, whatever it is, dollars that we're going to pay if we refinance to get him off and and clean slated, you know, what is it worth it to us is that? Because right now it doesn't sound like the relationship is overly strained. It doesn't sound like he's he's a toxic person and you, and you, because there's, there are people that call Cody, listen though, and and it goes down the drain, right? That's just why we tell people not to do this because it can go down the drain really, really fast and so if you were in a situation, and we get this a lot, where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, my her name's on it and she's doing this and wanting this and telling me here and and it's just a disaster. I would be like, no, and I would get out of it no matter the interest rate because of the toxic relationship. Right. But what you're saying is you're in Pennsylvania, he's in California. There's, you guys seem to, that it's okay. Like you guys, from a relationship standpoint, there hasn't been this big, you know, mm. explosion. 
and you're going to pay it off in three years. So all of that, I would be comfortable, Cody, if you just keep keep going down the track and pay it off in three years and be done with it. Again, if the timeline was different, if the relationship was different, my answer probably would change. Yeah, I, dude, I hear it's one word to coming through. Pay it off when we when we don't really. I, I know, but listen, I hear house. one word, and that is ego. You said yeah, it. You, while, know what? <laughs> you said it while Rachel was talking. I just want this personal accomplishment, bro. You took out a loan yeah. with your daddy with your daddy's signature on it. It, sure, would, sure. it. it would almost be irresponsible right now for you to flex your ego to the tune of however many thousands of dollars that your ego would cost you, and to keep going. Your ego says, "I just got a forty thousand dollar raise. I'm going to get a forty thousand dollar next year, and a forty the year after that, and a year after that." What you haven't experienced is there is usually when you get into an industry, there's a low bar, and then you do a really great job, and you go way up, and then you go way up again. But it does begin to plateau. And while we're at it, your ego says, "I make ninety thousand dollars a year. We don't need this little house. We need something that better reflects us and our." And so what I want you to do is to take your ego and put it in a drawer and say, what is best for our family right now in this season? And let's go from there because I'm, a, I'm super nervous that you have gone over the next five years and given yourself a $40,000 raise in your mind, put that on paper, and you and your wife have talked about the house you could afford. And I think that's not real. And that you've reverse engineered that fantasy all the way back to this discomfort with your dad's name is still on your loan. Well, I have to admit, I, we're really not. I, we bought this one at 185, and we're actually thinking of coming closer to you guys, Tennessee, Arkansas. And with what we're looking at, it really would only run somewhere between 200 to 250, which is what our house is kind of going for right now. Okay, so you'd, you'd keep that flat, which would be awesome. Good for you. And y'all are moving. That's awesome, too. I. <laughs> I'm with I'm with Rachel. I would ride this thing out. It sounds like your dad's a great guy and is not abusing this relationship. I would ride this out until y'all are, co- are, yep. are committed to what your next steps are. Yep. And I just paid the sucker off. Yep. Thanks, America, for listening. Thanks to all the guys in the booth. And John, this is The Ramsey Show. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.